so we are in spring right now. Um, I like spring. I like spring a lot. It's not my favorite season, um, but it's it's up there. It's without a doubt one of my four favorite seasons. Um, anybody, fall is my favorite. Fall is my favorite. But anybody, is, is spring your favorite season of the four? Anybody? One hand. Two? Two? Two hands? Okay. Two and a half? Cadence is ha- half. Okay. All right. Let's, let's go to the next one. Summer. Who, who has summer as a favorite season? Okay, the majority. Lots of hands going up. Cadence, did your hand go up for that one? Half, half and half. Okay. Um, what about the fall? I love the fall. Chili, pumpkin stuff, lattes, pies, whatever. Football, cool weather. You're wearing hoodies, still wearing shorts. Love the fall. Love the fall. Winter. Anybody say winter is your favorite season? Robert. Oh, my gosh, two of our young dudes, all right. They're skiers, that's right. They like, they like throwing snowballs at people. All right. We all have our favorite seasons, clearly. But what's the truth? The, the truth is we can't stay in any one season. The truth is that seasons change. The truth is that seasons actually segue where that sometimes you're, you're not entirely certain what season it is. They overlap. And then there's always anomalies in the midst of seasons as well. We could be in the middle of winter, and, and all of a sudden we have that one hopeful sunny day, that warm day, and we all throw on shorts, and we step outside in a heavy jacket, and we go back in, and we throw it on the ground, and we come back out in the hoodie, we're like, okay, that's better, that feels about right. Or if it's really sunny out, we're like, we don't even need the hoodie. We're going we're gonna to wear a t-shirt and shorts in the middle of the winter because it's that nice day. The same thing in summer. We can be in the middle of summer and, and we have a cold day, a rough day. Heck, for, for uh, Erie High School's graduation a couple of years ago, and it was late May, it snowed. Seasons are fickle and seasons change. Uh, in a minute, I'm going to come back to seasons, but um, please turn in your Bibles or your Bible apps to 1 Samuel chapter 16. Today I'm going to talk about purpose, um, about our purpose, about your purpose. 1 Samuel 16, verse 10. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. So Samuel showed up to, to Jesse by the leading of the Lord, saying, one of the sons of Jesse is going to be king. And so Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel took a look. He walked past. He, he was looking and listening for something. And he walked past all of them. And he said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, are, are these all your sons? Are all your sons here? And Jesse said, uh, there remains yet the youngest, but look, he's keeping the sheep. So, number one, okay, you know David needed some, like, soul care after that, right? Like, he brings all the sons, but not the youngest? How rude is that? That is so rude. Yeah, I, I hope Jesse, like, like, repented of that. That was pretty rough. Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, which means red. So we don't know if he 
you know, had uh, red hair or had a glorious red beard, um, or if he was like red from being in the sun, but ruddy means red. Um, and he had beautiful eyes, and he was handsome. And the Lord said to Samuel, arise, anoint him, for this is he. I can imagine the excitement building um, where Samuel says, okay, you know, at first there's got to be this trepidation, like, no, the Lord's not identifying any of these. None of these are the kings. This is all your sons, right? No, we have one in the field. Look, right over there. Go get him. And he comes and the Lord says, arise, anoint him. He is he. How great would it be to have a prophet of the Lord just declare to you and bring confirmation to you what your career was going to be? That might be, that might be great. I guess it depends on the career, right? Like, you know, Samuel comes up and he's like, you're going to clean out porta-potties. That would be rough. You know, like those dirty jobs. Like if anyone ever watched like those dirty jobs? You're going to do all of the dirty jobs. That'd be rough. I don't know if I'd, uh, you sure about that, Sam? But that's not what he did here. I mean, what if, what if he came to one of us and said, you're going to be king. You're going to be king. God has chosen you to be king. That'd be pretty good. The Lord says, you're going to be rich. You're going to have a personal chef. You're going to have a personal attendant. You're going to have a personal trainer. You're going to have a personal whatever you want. You're king. You're going to live in a castle. And people are going to pursue you to kill you for most of your life. Samuel left out that part. You're going to be betrayed. You're going to make some really bad, really public decisions. And, and it's going to be one that just lingers and follows you. God will bring redemption, but you're going to have to walk that out. David had several jobs before he was king. He was a shepherd, so he was indeed familiar with poop. He watched sheep. At the surface level, it doesn't seem very exciting, being a shepherd, watching sheep. But he fought off a lion and killed a lion in defense of the sheep. He fought off a bear and killed the bear in defense of the sheep. So something that seemed very unglamorous resulted in actions that I'm pretty certain none of us have ever done. Correct me if I'm wrong later, and, and I want to hear those stories if you have done those things. David was a musician. He wrote some pretty fantastic songs. He wrote pretty fantastic psalms. It's a job. I know there's some people in this place that want to be musicians. But he also had his critics. And David's critics drew spears to try and kill him. David was in the military. He was actually in special ops, Operation Shack Attack, where he took down a giant. Here's the truth. We're going to all go through different seasons. We're going to all have different tasks, different jobs, different seasons. 
Some of those seasons you're not going to like. That is the truth. But here's the thing. There are opportunities in every season. There are things to learn in every season if we're teachable. Now, here's the bad news. If we're not teachable, we will repeat those seasons until we get it right. If we're not teachable, if we refuse to learn the things that the Lord wants to teach us in those seasons, we are going to repeat those until we learn them. There's character that God wants to build in us in every season. In winter, there are opportunities for character to be built. And there's also opportunities for blessing. I mean, gosh, you know, in the winter, there's, you know, shoveling snow and dealing with, with dangerous driving conditions. But there's also Christmas. And, and there's the hope that comes in a new year and celebration and gathering with family and friends. There's challenges, but there's blessing in every season. Some people complain through the difficult seasons. And I, I just really want to encourage you, don't do that. If you're complaining through a difficult season right now, get it out of your system. Vent to a trusted friend and then knock it off. Because there's a blessing for you to learn in that difficult season right now. Now, you, you got to vent. We got to get it out. We got to share. I'm going to hear from Kara the things that, that are difficult. She's got to get it out. I, she's going to hear the things that are difficult for me. I got to get out. Some of you are going to hear those things. But then at some point, there has to be the turning to the Lord and the taking the focus off of yourself and say, Lord, what do you want to teach me in this season? What do you want to teach me with this ridiculous company I'm working for? Lord, what is it you're trying to teach me with this horrible boss? Lord, what are you trying to grow in me? That's right. The people that said amen aren't on camera right now, so their bosses can't. You guys, to, to learn these things, we have to take focus off of ourselves. And we've got to put focus on God. Today, I'm talking about purpose. And many people have made finding purpose harder than it is. Many people have made it like the search for the Holy Grail. I'm trying to find purpose. And too many people link purpose with a job. They link purpose with a career. I want you to know right now what purpose is not. Purpose is not position. Purpose is not provision. Purpose is found in pursuit. So, let, let me just use you as an example, if that's okay, Antonio. You want to be a firefighter. And... And I believe you're going to attain that, and I believe you're going to be phenomenal at that. But what if that changes? What if that changes? What if, whatever, what if there's an injury where that you can no longer fulfill the tasks of that? Or, or what if, what if, what if, what if, right? What if that changes? You will be very angry. But here's what I want to encourage you with. Your purpose is not found in, in this job. Because if it is, it would be very, our purpose would be very 
tumultuous. Our purpose would be very shakable. Our, our purpose would be very unstable. David went from shepherd to musician to soldier to king to running and hiding in caves to having a son betray him to, to taking his eyes off purpose and falling into sin. Your purpose is found in your pursuits. Here's what Hebrews 16 or 11, uh, 6 says. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Stop right there. With the, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who what? Who seek him. In scripture it says, draw near to me. And God says, and I will draw near to you. Our purpose is found in our pursuit. You won't know your purpose if you don't draw near to God. Period. I mean, Euchre is a great example of, you know, I call him Cap. You know, we'll, we'll talk about Top Gun. We make Air Force conversations or jokes or nicknames, you know, because that's, that's such a big part of his identity. He's still a pilot even now. Now that he's retired from the Air Force, that's part of who he is. But that is not his purpose. His purpose is bigger. And it's not shaky at all. And it's not linked to a job. And none of ours is. I am a fantastic graphic designer. I was a pretty darn good football player. I was a good executive vice president of a legal notice publishing company. I believe I'm a good pastor. But none of those things are my purpose. You don't know what my, this is my purpose. You want to know what my purpose is? To help people come into an authentic, a genuine, loving, passionate relationship with Jesus. That's what I am all about. And every one of those jobs I mentioned when I was serving Christ, I did that purpose. Now, football, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't sold out and live for the Lord at that time, so I really didn't fulfill that purpose at that time. Not to the extent I should have, maybe here and there. But I'm telling you, as a graphic designer, my purpose was and still is, because I still do that, that in, in some way, that I'm, I'm going to help people come into an authentic, loving, real relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to help them grow in Christ. Purpose. How do I know that that's my purpose? Spending time with God. Honestly, just spending time with God. Him birthing this in my heart. Him birthing it where that I can't shake it. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. I want you and you and you and you. I want all of y'all to come to know Christ in a realer, closer, more genuine, and more powerful way. And I want to be used in that. Because that's my purpose. I need a stranger. We're, we're doing a quick lunch. 
But I meet somebody, and I, and I see an opportunity where I can help point them to Jesus in hopes that they can come to know him. I take it. I jump. Not because I'm a pastor. Can I make that clear? Not because I'm a pastor. Because I know what my purpose is. Now, God called me to be a pastor, so that's my call. That's my call. But purpose is found in pursuit. If God called me to do something else next year, if, if he said, um, Harper's, you're, you're moving to Zimbabwe, and you're going to hit the mission field, and, and, we, and it was confirmed, and we knew it was the Lord, and we, we presented it to the, the apostolic voices in our life and the relationships we're with, and we knew it was the Lord, we would do it. We would do it. I would no longer be a pastor, and I love being a pastor. We love being pastors, and I would no longer be a pastor. But my purpose would not be shaken. My purpose would not change. Let's look at Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. And Jesus called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. So what's what's interesting is we see this throughout the Gospels. We see that, that Jesus gave them authority to heal the sick, to cast out demons, and to proclaim the good news, right? We see that all throughout the Gospels. I I believe it's in all four Gospels. To heal the sick, to cast out demons, and to proclaim the good news. You know what's interesting about that? Each one of those brings healing and freedom to a different part of our being. We, We are a spirit that resides in a body and that has a soul. And our soul is our, our mind, our will, and our emotions. So when we proclaim the good news, that's, that's ministering to the spirits. That's bringing renewed spirits. That's, that's seeing people saved and giving their lives to Christ. Proclaiming the good news tends to the spirits. Praying for diseases and healing the sick, what, what, what does that tend to? The body. It's not, it's not a trick question. And last week wasn't a test, by the way. The, no tests. Praying for the sick. Praying healing over diseases tends to the body. Casting out demons, what, what, what does that tend to? The soul. Soul care. We did like a 16-week series on soul care and freedom. It, that's where, that's where the demon, demons attack us in our mind, in our will, in our emotions. And Jesus said, I've given you authority to, to minister to the whole man, to the complete man. So keep that in mind as we read Mark chapter 3, verse 14. And Jesus appointed 12, whom he also named apostles, so that they, what? Might be with him. So they would be with him. And he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. I'm telling you right now, one of the things that is just vital to our lives as followers of Christ is we are called to be with him. 
We are called to be with him. So I'm going to have three words I'm going to throw out there in in pursuit of of finding purpose. Know, grow, know with a K. Not not know, like, okay? Know with K-N-O-W. Know. Know, grow, and glow. Know. We can't know him if we don't respond to that call to be with him, to be near him. This is quite the statement I'm about to make. I think it's true. I I really confidently think it's true. I'm open to you proving me wrong. But if there's any of you that are struggling with what your purpose is, I bet you a significant amount of money you, you aren't spending time with God. Not, not like you should. Because I believe the word of God is true. And when we are with him, we know him. And when we know him, he shows facets of his self and his beauty and his power to us. And then we know ourselves. So when we pray, pray identity over all these young people, young people, when we're praying identity over you, like so often as we do, we're praying that you would know him. But I'm telling you right now, to know him, you've got to be with him. You've got to spend time with him. Grow. John 15, 5 says this. I am the vine. I love this passage, by the way. I am the vine. You are the branches. Everyone say, I'm a branch. He's the vine. I'm a branch. But you didn't do this. I'm a branch. Whoever abides in me, you know what abides means? Lives, remains, lives. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. So check this out. For apart from me, what can you do? Apart from me, you can do nothing. He's talking about the context of the vine and the branches, right? So here's what he's saying. Apart from me, you can't grow. Apart from me, you can't grow. So, apart from him, we can't know. Is that fair? Do we believe that? You guys believe that? It's okay if you're not sure. It's okay. Get in the word and find out. Spend time with Jesus and find out. But I'm just telling you it's true. Apart from Jesus, we can't know. And apart from him, we can't grow. And I'm telling you right now, apart from him, we can't glow. John 1, 6 and 8, 6 through 8. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light. Who is the light? It's not a trick question. Who is the light? Jesus. John came to bear witness about the light, about Jesus, that all might believe through him. John was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. So I'm letting you know, you're not the light. I'm not the light. But we're called to bear witness about the light. And I'm telling you this, when we spend time with the light, what do we do? It rhymes with know and grow. We glow. Not snow. Hmm? 
We glow. Anybody have a like a glow in the dark watch? Do you remember those? Like they they had like the numbers, and for for the numbers to glow in the dark, what needed to happen? What 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 needed to happen? It had to be in the light. It had to be in the light. If you were wearing it all day and you were out in the sunlight, and then when it got dark, it glowed. And let's say you didn't put it on, you didn't take it outside for a few days, and let's say you you were like, oh, I want to put my watch on to go to dinner, and it's dark out, sucker doesn't glow. It only glows when it's been in the light. We only glow when we've been with Jesus. We, we only radiate Him when we spend time with Him. How many, how many of us, I, I imagine it's all of us, if we can raise hands, this is a good question. How many of us has anyone ever said, there's just something different about you? What's different about you? People may have even said, you, you glow. Like, there's just something about you, you glow. Has anyone ever told you you glow? It's actually a pretty common thing. That's them seeing Christ in us. We glow. We bear witness to the light. So here's the thing. I, I love church, man. I love church. I love when we come together, and I love talking to you about Jesus. Man, if, if this is the only time you're eating on a Sunday morning when someone's standing up here and bringing a, a message, if this is the only time you're eating that you're getting fed, you're starving. <laughs> you're starving. And this meal must really seem phenomenal. You gotta spend time with Jesus. You gotta spend time with Jesus. To know him, to grow in him, and to glow for the benefit of others, because we're bearing witness and testimony about Jesus. We only know our purpose when we pursue God. And I don't care what your job is. You're going to have Jesse, you're going to have you're going to have a handful of jobs, dude. And none of those jobs define who you are. And none of those jobs are going to bring you purpose. Chances are you'll get fired from a job. I got fired from a job. I was a valet parker, and I took a car to Sonic while an event was going on. I got fired. Got caught. I got fired. Wasn't my best moment. It was fun, though. Southern Hills Country Club, Tulsa, Oklahoma. There we go. But God wants us to know our purpose. He wants you to know your purpose. He wants you to know your purpose just as desperately as he wants to spend time with you. Can we, can we stand? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray over us, but honestly, I'd love for us to pray over ourselves, just as, you know, I may be providing a meal right now and feeding right now, but, but your responsibility is to feed yourself. Uh, would you just pray for yourself right now? And if you're seeking purpose, purpose is to be found, but it's to be found by pursuing Christ. And you'll, you'll know. 
it, it'll be that thing that you just can't stop yourself from doing. It'll be that thing that just brings you satisfaction in life every time you do it. And it'll be that thing that glorifies Christ most prominently in your life. And you'll go, oh, I just found my purpose. And it doesn't matter what my job is, that's my purpose. It doesn't matter what my call is, that's my purpose. So just take a second minute to just pray that over yourself before, before I pray. Jesus, thank you for this reminder today, just how desperately we need to be with you, that we need to spend time with you. We desire to know you, we desire to grow, and we desire to glow, reflecting your glory. And we desire to, to not only know our purpose, but to walk confidently. Jesus, we firmly believe that this is only possible through you. Through spending time with you, through being with you. And as we see in, in Mark chapter 3, just as you called your, your disciples and those that you called apostles to, to do these works, you first called them to be with you. So Holy Spirit, would you just be a loud voice in our hearts? in our ears, in our lives, reminding us of, of this need. And Lord, would you just reveal to us purpose. In Jesus' name, amen.